Hello, customer number one. Uh, this is Misty Gwen, Director of Benefits and Wellness, and just want to thank you uh, for coming back to our podcast uh, that we are calling our True North Shortcuts. And I'm here with my amazing um, co-host and benefits navigator, Abby Broly. So thank you, Abby, for coming back and not running away screaming uh, after our first podcast. Oh, of course. <laughs> never. I would never do that. Yeah. But thank you for having me back, I should say. Oh, well, uh, I definitely could not do this without you. Um, and especially as we're embarking upon our series that we're dedicating to our working parents of this national kind of back to school month brought to you by COVID-19. Uh, we want to continue some of that conversation because um, I feel no working parents uh, really, or anyone for that matter, could have predicted one year ago, I would say the emotional roller coaster that the year 2020 has brought us. Uh, and, and I know, Abby, as a benefits navigator, you had a lot of conversations with people during open enrollment last year. And unfortunately, you know, we try our best to be the fortune tellers, uh, but I don't think any of us could have predicted um, this coronavirus global pandemic. Uh, no. The way that it has. Like. <laughs> Yeah, flexibility is the name of the game these days. You never know what's going to happen next. So, exactly, it's exciting times. Just going to keep trying to go with the flow, which is not really part of my enneagram um, personality, but I, I'm trying to uh, <laughs> embrace that. As I will say, this week, my um, children started their virtual learning. Uh, so, 8 a.m. to noon every day, I have a ninth grader and seventh grader that have to be on video uh, in live class instruction. So we'll talk a little bit more about that, but it's been a great learning um, for us. And so last podcast, you know, we talked about some of the resources that we had with our partnership with CareLoop and making some of those decisions um, with childcare and, and kind of looking at all the different options. And as part of those options, we wanted to take a few minutes for this session and really dedicate it to talking about dependent care FSAs. Um, sometimes, you know, in the benefits mm -hmm. world, we love our alphabet soup that we call it with lots of different acronyms um, and abbreviations. So I want to basically, I guess, make sure we're all on the same page and have Abby, um, who I feel is our expert, because not only does she dig into all of this for customer number one um, as a benefits navigator, she also utilizes a dependent care FSA for herself um, in her personal life with her and her children. So, Abby, if you wouldn't mind do. giving us that high level of what is a dependent care FSA and kind of what are the benefits of it? Sure. So, dependent care FSA, we also use DC FSA as part of that alphabet soup. Um, it basically allows you to use pre-tax dollars to pay for qualified dependent daycare expenses that enable you to work. So, qualified dependent care um, Expenses could be before or after school care, licensed daycare centers, nursery schools, preschools, um, child care, day camp, anything that um, that allows you to put your child in the care of another person while you are at work or seeking work. Um, and then the pre-tax part of it comes in, which is really the biggest advantage of our the DCFSAs. It, um, it allows you to set aside money in an account and it reduces how much you pay in income taxes. So that's the 
the other little added bonus there because it's money you're already going to be spending on childcare, but now you get to save a little bit more because you get to use those pre-tax dollars. So that's in, in a nutshell, DCFSA. Yeah. I know because it's like, oh, there we have a whole booklet on uh, dependent care FSA. So no, you did a great job giving us that um, high-level overview. And we do always encourage, you know, one thing that you'll hear with any really consumer-driven health account is the tax benefits. And as Abby was pointing out, you know, when we talk about that tax benefit, it really is reducing your taxable income. So it comes out of your salary and paycheck um, pre-tax. And so that just means, as she mentioned, that you're just going to be paying less in taxes for um, something that mm -hmm. we know you're already going to be paying for. And we know can, in the childcare world, um, even pre-COVID, you know, childcare expenses can be pretty high. Um, depending on uh, what their ages are and what location and area you live in and the availability. Um, so I know COVID again yep. started back in March in the spring. Um, so people had already enrolled in these dependent care FSAs um, as they should have during their open enrollment time in the fall of 2019. But I know we started um, with our benefits navigators and our HR benefits team getting questions this spring uh, around you know, my child care center has been closed due to COVID or, you know, I no longer, you know, the school systems are now remote learning, so I don't have to pay for after school. And we started getting just a lot of questions. Um, Abby, I know that you have fielded so many of those for us. Can you tell us a little bit of, you know, what were those frequently asked questions and what kind of guidance were you giving them for customer number one? Sure. So exactly what you touched on. A lot of folks were wondering um, what they could do about their DCFSA if they could make changes to the amounts that they were contributing as they weren't sure what the future was going to hold for their for their daycare situation. Um, also, uh, we got a lot of questions from folks that were transitioning from a traditional daycare center to perhaps bringing somebody in-house and could they use those those dependent care funds to pay for that that, that in-house nanny uh, to care for them. So those are really the big ones and um, that we received and, and are still receiving because now as people are transitioning into the school year, to your point earlier about after school maybe not being an option, can we make adjustments and kind of flex in either direction, either increasing their amount because okay now things are picking up again or I really just need to dial it back because our family situation has changed. And you mentioned um, you know as far as like having some of those impacts and there could be some you know people right now depending on where you're located at in the country or your situation that you might not be looking um, right now to, to make a change to your dependent care FSA due to you know COVID-19 impact but you might in the future and of course, as we're getting ready to ramp up for our um, customer number one open enrollment for 2021 benefits, uh, Abby, can you go over some of those qualifying life events um, that allow people to make changes uh, to their dependent care FSA and kind of how we encourage them or, or kind of what guidance we're giving them in our platform on how to handle that? Yes, and I realized I think I just kind of buried the lead a little bit. But the answer is if you do have a change in your daycare situation, um, you can make a change to your dependent care FSA contribution. So change in daycare status is absolutely a qualifying life event that you can use in our platform to make an adjustment to 
your annual contribution amount. So that is kind of the the advice or that I'm or the direction I'm steering folks today. Um, one thing I will I always let them know is that if you are looking to kind of flex your amount, that I would always recommend that not to not close it because again flexibility we don't know if things are going to change. If you do close your account, that um, clo- the day you close it is also the date that's going to be recognized as the last day that you can um, submit expenses for daycare. So unless you know you are not doing childcare for the remainder of the year, I will always recommend bringing that um, that contribution amount down to a dollar pay period. That way you're keeping the account open. So if something does come up and you are able to re-enroll your child or or something changes, you're not having to reopen the account again. So it just kind of keeps it open. So that's just a little PSA there. But um, to your point, the other um, qualifying life events that allow you to make changes to your DCFSA throughout the year are legal marital status change. So that's a marriage or divorce, change in number of dependents, so birth, adoption, employment status. So if you have a, a spouse now that is home, that is a qualifying event. Change in residence. So if you are moving from state to state or city to city, that's also you consider that probably a daycare change too, because you're probably moving facilities. Um, and dependent eligibility. So um, DCFSAs are for care of children ages 13 and younger. The when your child turns 13, you're no longer able to use those DCFSA funds unless they are um, uh, deemed disabled. So that that dependent eligibility is already set in our platform. So our vendors know when you're how the ages of your children, so it would automatically turn off at that point. But those are kind of the big ones. And then I guess, again, the last one, uh, change in daycare status, which is the one we're seeing a lot today. Yeah, definitely, because I think there's even been change in, in daycare status as far as from a full-time to a part-time um, care mm-hmm. opportunities, because many daycares are kind of lowering their ratios, so people might be changing that they can only get in for two days rather than the full five days. Um, and so that brings me, I think that's a great point, Abby, that you bring up of to take down, uh, if you rather than canceling um, completely just for ease of access and use and not having to go through all of the different um, things, as you guys know, like opening a, an account again, if you've ever had a savings account or a checking account that you just closed out, but then had to turn around and open another one, you know, taking that contribution down to a dollar um, so that it still maintains an active account. And so as I start looking at that, have we started to see some of those questions coming in of how people can use those funds that they have contributed throughout the year towards maybe a, a more non-traditional um, child care option, such as a nanny. Have, have you started to see some of those or have you looked into that uh, yourself? Yeah, no, absolutely. We have seen that. And um, the answer to that question, I won't bury it this time, is yes. Um, <laughs> you can absolutely use those funds to pay for a nanny. Now, the, the kind of what you will need in order to process that in our platform um, is you will need the nanny's name and address and social security number. If that um, if that nanny does have an LLC set up for their services, we can they can take a, uh, a tax identification number as opposed to a social security number. It's just that information is needed for tax purposes. 
Um, and also keep in mind that it has to be used for um, daycare expenses to enable you to work. So a date night sitter isn't really considered um, a DCFSA qualifying um, use, but if it is used during the day um, for you to get work done or for you and your spouse to, or you or your spouse to find work, that is what's considered a qualifying um, reason from the IRS. Okay, so I think, and it's a lot of times making that decision because um, there can be, as you mentioned, some of those important benefits of kind of paying your your nanny, uh, maybe on the books or uh, you know above the table, so that you can exactly take advantage of some of those tax credits as as well as you know using those dependent care FSA funds. Um, well, thank you so much, and I know that. This is just a high-level um, approach and, and really some tips, uh, great tips that Abby was able to offer us on Dependent Care FSA, but we, we wanted to remind you of our Parent Resource Center that we have uh, launched in Benefit Place under the Mental Health Resources page, but that Abby has also been working and put together a great um, Dependent Care Flexible Spending Account FAQ document that really goes into detail on some of these other um, questions that you might have around making changes or what happens when my child turns 13 and I still have funds um, in my account. So I just encourage you to go to your benefit place uh, and check out our resources there. You can also reach out, of course, to our benefits navigator or HR benefits. And uh, we will be continuing uh, this series that we are supporting our working parents. Uh, you know, some of our upcoming topics are going to be around you know, maximizing your Wi-Fi. Uh, now that classes in session, your Wi-Fi might be failing, a uh, personal experience this week with that. And then also um, things around talking to your manager about a flexible schedule and possibly bringing in some of our other customer number one associates to give some of their tips and tricks um, and testimonies on how they are arranging their schedules, maybe arranging their home environments and making sure that we can all kind of shift from surviving to thriving in this new world. Um, so I just want to thank you, Abby, again, for, for joining me and for all of the great information uh, that you could bring. Thank and, you. Um, of course, we both want to thank you guys, uh, customer number one, for joining us on this journey to a place where our mission to improve lives with benefits is starting with our associates, our customer number one. So thank you guys, and we will talk to you again soon.